اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الحمد للہ رب العالمین وصلی اللہ علی سیدنا محمد و آلہ طاہرین ورس نمبر سیونٹی فائیو اب سورہ اعراف قال الملأ الذین استکبروا من قومه للذین استضعفوا لمن آمن منهم اتعلمون ان صالحا مرسل من ربه قالوا انا بما ارسل به مؤمنون The elite of his people who were arrogant said to those who were abased to those among them who had faith Do you know that Saleh has been sent by his Lord? They said, we indeed believe in what he has been sent with. The uh, answer of the people of Thamud to their prophet Saleh was of course a mixed answer. As we said last time, some of the leaders, they believed in what Saleh said and some they rejected. And therefore here says, those among the leaders, those among the arrogant, astakbaru, of course, arrogant leaders, those who were in position of power, they said to those who were kept weak, who were kept abased, those of whom who had, not, who had believed. So it shows that there was a mixed sort of response from both groups. Some of the Mustakbirin, some of the leaders, they had believed, some they disbelieved, some they some disbelieved. And some of the Mustad'afin, they had believed and some disbelieved. It, the answer was not based on social position. The answer was not based on the position of power or wealth or something like that. There was a mixed answer from both groups. So here says, those Mala, who had, of course, went arrogant, who did not believe. The Mala, as we said, Mala are the leaders, of course. The leaders who were arrogant and had not believed told to the Mustafafun who had believed. So that shows that there were some of the Mustafafun who had not believed. And here there is a very interesting uh, concept that we find in the Quran that people by nature or by uh, by the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has meant them to be should not be divided into mustad'af and those who make them da'if. We shouldn't have da'if and qawi. We shouldn't have a group of people who are regarded to be weak or who are kept weak in terms of wealth, in terms of voice, in terms of power, and a group who are powerful, wealthy, we shouldn't have this. This issue has come about by people themselves. It's not that God has given some people more than others. The fact is that some of the people, because they are regarded to be weak, because they don't have any power, they are kept at a lower place. They are kept abased by the mustakbarun. So, those who were kept weak. And this is uh, something which is mentioned about Pharaoh as well, that he made some people to be weak and some to be strong. He made people into groups. 
يستضعف طائفة منهم kept some of them weak so that of course he could exploit them he could do whatever he wanted command whatever he wanted to command and uh, the, the very idea the way it is used shows that there should be an equality in social position among people. Although, of course, in wealth we cannot be equal, all of us, but in social position there should be equality. Equality of uh, uh, having the right to speak, equality of having the right to, uh, to have our voice in social issues. However, those who are in position of wealth and power, they keep some weak, and this should, of course, go away in an Islamic society because in an Islamic society should not exist to someone trying to be higher than others. So, the mala who were arrogant, so there were some mala who were not arrogant, told to those mustadafun who had believed. Do you really know that Saleh has been sent by the Lord? What is your proof that he is sent by the Lord? Now, the answer is very interesting. Now, they actually established two things. First of all, that yes, we believe that he is a mursal, he is sent. Secondly, look at what he says. Don't look at the claim that I'm sent by someone, by God. We believe in the content of his message. The content is very good. And this is a very important issue. For us Muslims, we haven't seen, for example, miracles or the people that are contemporary people of all, all religions, Christians, Jews, Muslims. We have not seen any miracles. We have just heard things. However, what's somehow attracts us towards the message, towards the prophets. What attracts us to read the history about these miracles and trying to establish them is the content of the message. And this is very important. We believe in the content. This is something which attracts us. Now, then the Mala said, now, if this is the case, if you believe in the content, we disbelieve in the content. We reject the content. Now, the argument is not about whether Saleh is a prophet or not a prophet. The argument is what is the content of his message. They say we believe in the content. The Mustakbiri say we do not believe in the content. And this is after the miracle. After the Naqa, the she-camel, has been created out of the rocks and have come out, they started to say, how do you believe? This is very strange because they asked for a miracle and they asked for a miracle that they wanted because, as I said last week, they were very expert in carving or in uh, somehow hollowing the rocks and making palaces from it in the architecture of building palaces out of rocks. And they wanted a miracle which somehow exceeds their expertise. And they said, okay, bring us an animal out of these rocks. And Saleh did. 
And after this, they started to doubt it. They said, how do you know that this was a miracle? How do you know that this was not something which, I don't know what was their argument. So, what happened uh, is that they killed the she-camel. And of course, this is what uh, Saleh had warned them, that if you, if you try to bring any harm to this miracle, you will be destroyed. And they knew that this was a real threat. However, they did kill the, uh, the, the she-camel. Uh, with regards to this uh, threat that Saleh had told them, that if you touch this animal, you would be punished. We have other verses in the Quran. Keep away from this Naatullah, this camel, which is the camel of Allah, because it was created out of a miracle. Keep away from it and from the, its drinking place. Because the, 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 the drinking place of the camel, where she, she used to drink, uh, it was divided between the people of the city and or, or that area and the camel. One day she drank and they came and actually she milked them out of that water. And one day they came and uh, took water from, from, from the well or from the, spring, from the spring actually which was there. So, فَقَالَ لَهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ However, فَأَقَرُ they killed the camel. Aqr is to bring an injury which leads to death. This is aqr. And aqr is something which destroys the principle, the base, or the origin of something. And that's why anything related to origin is called aqr, and aqar property, which is the origin of all wealth, is, is called aqar. So aqr on they killed it. Now, some say agar is to slaughter, some say agar is to hamstring. It means killing. They killed the naga. They disobeyed. Atau means asaw. Asyan means, of course, uh, to disobey. However, this ati, uh, which is the master for atau, is disobedience by exceeding the limits, out of arrogance. This is ati. So atau an amram is not just disobedience. It is disobedience by exceeding the limits out of arrogance. And of course, just a simple asyan or disobedient wouldn't have bring them this uh, destruction. It was ati which uh, brought them this destruction. And now here it says, they killed this camel. Of course, we know that only one person among them killed the camel. And this was someone who had disregard for any principles, because no one ever dared to to touch that camel because of, of course, the, uh, the, the, the threats of Saleh. However, this was the Ashqal Awalin, the most 
evil and most miserable person. Al-Thalabi, uh, which is one of the Sunni, very famous Sunni exegetes, he reports a hadith from the Prophet, peace be on him, who were addressing Amir al-Mu'min alayhi salam. He said, Ya Ali, atatri man ashqal awwalin. Do you know who is the most evil person of the people of the past? Of course, Allah and the Prophet knows better. He said, The one who killed the camel. He was the most evil person. And then he said, Who is the most evil of the people of the present? Allah and the Prophet know better, the Messenger knows better. And he actually pointed to the to, to Amirul Mu'minin's beards and head. The one who makes red of blood. This place with, of course, the blood of the, your head. This was, of course, Abdullah ibn Muljam who killed Amirul Mu'mineen. Uh, the Prophet says, this was the Ashqal Akharin. Anyhow, why I mention this is that the man who killed this Naqa, because it was called Naqatullah, the camel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of the miracle, would have been the most evil of the, the whole nation at that time of Thamud. And actually... The arrogant, they tried to encourage many people to kill the camel. No one, no one accepted. No one dared to do it. And the Quran says that, They called the man who was fit for this, he complied, and they, he killed him. Now here, of course, that one man killed him. However, it says they killed him because, of course, they all accepted, agreed. They all conspired together. However, there is one other very interesting thing uh, which is mentioned by Amirul Mu'minin salam, And that is, he says that if one person does something and other people in the society, in the community, agrees with it, likes it, they are all... Uh, accomplices in that action. He says, Ayyuhan nas, innama yajma'un nasa ar-rida wa sukht Beware that what brings people together is like and dislike, is agreement and disagreement, of the hearts, of course. Wa innama aqara naqata thamud rajulun wahid Only one man killed that naqa, that camel. However, Allah punished all of them. Because they all gave him their, their consent, their agreement. Anyone who agreed, who was happy of what happened, were punished. So, And this is something, of course, quite rational. That's, we may not have a chance to do many things that evil people or good people do. We were not, of course, uh, uh, living at the time of Imam Hussein salam. We didn't have a chance to be part to be uh, uh, part of any of the of the parties. We didn't have a chance to be in the party of Imam Hussein. We didn't have a chance to be in the party of 
uh, Yazid, however, what would our heart tell us? That is very important. If our heart is with Imam Hussein, then of course we are regarded as one of them. And if, if our heart is with Yazid, we are regarded as one of them. Someone came to Amir al-Mu'minin when they were moving to Safin. Of course, it was a very long journey and very difficult even before coming to that very, very tiresome battle. And someone came to Amir al-Mu'minin and told him, Ya Amir al-Mu'minin, I hope that my brother also was with us because he really likes you. And I hope he, 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 he was with us as well. Amir al-Mu'minin said, is the love of your brother with us? Does he like us or what, whatever we are doing? He said, yes, of course. He said, so he's with us. He shares with us whatever we are doing. So here, when Allah says, they, they killed the camel, although only one person, which was an evil, a crazy man who complied with the encouragement of others to do it, and they thought that this man would kill him, and he will be punished. We will not be punished, because of, of course, they had seen the miracle, they knew the, the force of argument of Saleh. They said, even if there's a punishment, this man will be punished. But all of them, and of course, the punishment came to them. And what they said after they killed him, uh, they killed her. Now, now what? Bring us the punishment then. We killed, we killed the camel. Now what? Bring your punishment. Bring your promise. This shows the utter disbelief that they had in him. That despite seeing the miracle, now, how can we imagine that a people are so careless of all these signs? They asked for something impossible. That impossible was realized by Saleh. And then they disbelieved. How, how, I mean, how can we imagine that they justified it for themselves? Well, probably they justify that, well, this is magic. This is something that we have seen from others as well. How do we know? Maybe he has some sort of extra powers or something like that, that he has done it. Maybe he has deceived us in our imagination, in our eyes. We don't know. But uh, the most important thing is that they wanted to insist on their disregard for the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, when this happened, of course, uh, Allah says, فَأَخَذَتْهُمُ فَأَصْبَحُوا فِي دَارِهِمْ جَاسِمِينَ The earthquake seized them. However, it didn't happen all of a sudden. And this again shows the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on everyone, even on these evil people. When they killed this she-camel, this she-camel, we have stories. I don't know how reliable these stories are, but they are not far from uh, uh, accept something that could be accepted. They said that this she-camel, when they asked for this she-camel to come out of the, uh, the rocks, 
they asked for a she-camel who is pregnant. They wanted that. Because then they said, we want to see that this she-camel would give birth to another camel. And the she-camel came out pregnant and she gave birth to another camel. And of course, they were grazing together, the, the, the camel with the, with the, with the, with, with the todd, and uh, they, uh, uh, they were drinking together. When they killed, the, of course, the mother, uh, the child went on the mountains and started to somehow uh, moan of it. And she made three moanings. And Saleh told them, for every one moan, you will be given one day. So you will be given three days to repent. Now, forget about the child. This is a story. What the Quran says is that after they killed this camel, we told them, you have three days now. تمتعوا في داركم ثلاثة أيام ذلك وعد غير مكذوب. We told them, he told them that you can benefit from your lives in your houses, in your city for three days. And this is something which is not going to be uh, repealed. وعد غير مكذوب. There is no lie in this. Again, they told that, well, he is again trying to deceive us, stay for three. Well, there was a threat that if we kill the camel, we will be punished now. He says, three days you have the, uh, the postponement of the azab. But he told them, if you repent in these three days, that's fine. If you do not repent, then the punishment will come. فَقَالَ تَمَتَّعُوا فِي دَارِكُمْ this story is very interesting. The story which is told uh, in traditions is very interesting. When they said, bring us the punishment if you are truthful, if you are from the messengers, he said, okay, stay for three days. After the first day, their colors went yellow. And this was to show them that something is happening, not just leaving them. Because when we leave people, when we tell, well, for example, if someone tells us that you have one year or three years of respite after which you will die, if there's no sign, we forget it. We forget, we think that we are going to live forever. Like, for example, we all of us know that we have a limited respite, limited periods of time. But we never think about it unless there is some ailment. Something happens. We have a heart problem. We have a kidney problem. Then we think, oh, death is coming. Well, it's always there. But we never think about it unless there is a sign. And this sign was that after the first day they went pale. To bring them to their minds, to bring to their attention that something is happening. But they disregarded this. They say, well, this is natural. Maybe something is happening to us. After the second day, they went red. Again, they disregarded this. After the third day, they went black. And then the punishment came. If this story is true, which there is no 
uh, reason to think that this is, uh, this is a fabricated hadith. Again, we can think about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not only giving them three days to repent after killing that camel, telling them that, okay, in these three days, I show you my signs so that you, you repent. And they didn't repent. And uh, still they were insisting, you didn't say that our colors would change. You, say, you said that I will bring you punishment. Bring us the punishment. So, then the earthquake seized them and they lay lifeless, lifeless, prostrate in their homes. Is from Jasm. Jasm is sitting on the knees. For human beings, for camel is sitting on the on the chest, and for human being, of course, is not like that. Sitting on the knees. Fasbahufidarahim Jasm means they were they were seized while they were sitting on their knees. They couldn't move at all. Now, the punishment is a bit complicated. What sort of what sort of uh, incident seized them, which they were uh, dead by that? It, it couldn't have been an earthquake because it doesn't say that they were under rubbles or something like that. They were killed by the rubbles. They were killed by things falling upon them. As they were sitting, they, they died. They, in another, uh, in Surah Qamar, uh, it says that Inna arsalna alayhim fakanu We send them but one single cry or huge sound, killing sound, and they were just like dry sticks of the color uh, of the coral builder or of the Thatcher's reed. They were just like reeds which you couldn't bend. They went dry, which, which is very, very amazing. What happened? This, uh, this Rajva, there was of course a quake or something like that, in the earth, or they may have been a shiver inside them. This Rajva may refer to the earth or they may refer into their bodies. A shiver took them, and then they became like dry sticks or dry reeds, and they just died where they were sitting. And sitting, some of the exodus say that it took them by night. When the cry came, when that uh, deafening sound came, they just woke up and sat, and they were dead while they were sitting. Now, different in expressions are used for this incident, which we can somehow put together and probably find out what happened to them, what happened to these people. In Surah Fussalat, it says that, uh, sorry, in Surah Haqqa, it says, كَذَّبَتْ ثَمُودُ وَعَادٌ denied the Day of Justice. فَأَمَّا ثَمُودُ فَأُخْلَكُوا بِالطَّاغِيَةِ طَاغِيَةِ is something which is out of control. Something which nothing in this world can control. It was something outside 
the controls of this earth. In, uh, in Surah Fussalat, it said it was a thunder, sa'iqa. However, sa'iqa also means death, something which brings sa'iq to, to people. And in Surah Fussalat, sa'iqa means death. It doesn't mean thunders. Usually in, uh, in translations, you would see that uh, they say the people of Thamud were, were destroyed by a thunderbolt or by lightning. However, this is taken from this sa'iqa, which doesn't mean lightning here. It means death. فَإِنْ أَعْرَضُوا in Surah Fussalat فَقُلْ أَنْذَرْتُكُمْ سَائِقَةً مِثْلَ سَائِقَةَ عَادًا وَثَمُودٍ If they turn away, tell them, I warn you. Now here, a death like the death of Adan Thamud. And then in the following verses, it says, وَأَمَّا ثَمُودُ فَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ فَاسْتَحَبُّ الْعَمَى عَلَى الْهُدَى the death of the punishment which was humiliating, a humiliating punishment took them. So this sa'ira cannot be a lightning or something like that. But we can say it was a death which was which brought some quake or shiver, quake on the earth or shiver on them. And it was uh, something which just made them like dry sticks. Uh, they were not under rubbers or anything. The, the houses were there, as even the, uh, the, the, the remnant of their houses are still there. The houses were not were kept intact because they were very arrogant and very proud of their houses, of their architecture expertise. So the houses were kept intact. It, it, nothing happened to them. In their houses, which they thought that this is going to keep them safe and secure, in their houses, they came jasmine. They were just struck with something which made them like dry sticks or dry reed. Now, some say, I don't know what, uh, uh, how much truth can be in this, especially scientifically. Some say that uh, this is what Harun Yahya as well has mentioned in some of his books, that this was an asteroid or meteoroid which just passed by them or hit into the sea and it made them to become like dry sticks. Uh, it's very strange what sort of uh, natural cause it was. There was a rachva, which is quake, but as I said, quake may mean inside themselves or on the earth. There may have been some lightning, if we take sa'ara to be lightning. And uh, there was a sayha, a big sound, which uh, killed them. And Putting all these together, we have to find out what sort of natural cause it was. Was it something, a one-off uh, incident on the earth, or it is something which usually happens, but uh, of course it never has happened in our time. We don't know. The only thing is that their, their houses were not destroyed. They were found dead in their houses as dry sticks. They went dry, their bodies went dry, 
And after this happened, فَتَوَلَّا anhum. So he turned away from them. He abandoned them. So he and his followers were saved. And again, this is something which would need a special mercy of Allah. فَنَجَّيْنَاهُمْ بِرَحْمَةٍ مِنَّا With a special mercy from us. Because if something came which made people to go like dry sticks in their houses, it should have hit everyone. However, Saleh and his followers were safe. And this Fatawalla Anhum wants to tell us that although this was a general punishment, but Saleh was saved. So he turned away from them. وَقَالَ يَا قَوْمِ لَقَدْ أَبْلَغْتُكُمْ رِسَالَةَ رَبِّي I conveyed to you the message of my Lord. I communicated to you. وَنَسَحْتُ لَكُمْ And I was a well-wisher to you. I just brought you something to save you. But وَلَكِنْ لَا تُحِبُّونَ النَّاسِهِينَ You do not like the well-wishers. You, you like to listen to those who destroy you. You don't like to listen to those who uh, bring you to your best fortune. Now, what happened to Saleh and his followers afterwards, we don't know. Where did they go? How long did they live? What happened to them? The Quran does not talk about it. About some prophets, after the adab, the Quran talks. Like, for example, Yunus. Allah says that uh, then after his people were destroyed, we sent him to another people who were more than 100,000. And uh, he, uh, they believed in him. They believed in him and we gave them uh, the matah until a while. How long? We don't know. Who were those people? It's very vague in the, in the, in the history. How about, about, however, about Saleh or about Hud, after the destruction of their people, we don't know what happened to them. Where did they go? How long they, did they live? Whether they went to other communities to give the message or not? We don't know about them. So, فَتَوَلَّ عَنْهُمْ وَقَالَ يَا قَوْمِ لَقَدْ أَبْلَغْتُكُمْ رِسَالَةَ رَبِّي وَنَسَحْتُ لَكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُحِبُّونَ النَّاسِحِينَ وَصَلَّى اللَّهَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَيْهِ الطَّاهِرِينَ Thank you very much, Sheikh. Now we now have some time for questions. Is there any? Uh, thank you very much, Sheikh. Uh, when we talk about... Uh, uh, so you give an example of uh, Imam Hussain al Islam that uh, we wished we were with him there. Uh, so, love for the Ahl al Bayt. Now, although you see, when we are away from the incident itself, from behind we, we say that, okay, we love you and we wished we were there with you. Uh, but then when we are actually put in that situation, we will, we still love them, but we might want. We might not want to be there physically, and we try to turn away. So then, uh, okay, those people were there, and uh, they had uh, choices whether to be with him, although they loved him, and then some of them went away. Uh, now for us, then, are we in a slightly better position compared to them physically? Because Allah knows at the end of the day that where we stand, even if you are there physically, so 
how do you then judge how, what how, how, what level of love we have for them? Well, I said that we share in their thawab, but I didn't say how much we share. Maybe one in thousand. Okay, it depends whether we are sincere or not. Uh, but of course, the share of everyone is different. Any more questions? Salam alaikum, Sheikh. There was mention of the mala'a who were conversing with him. And then we changed to, and they did. So was it the people that were... Uh, it's like a kind of mass hypnotism. If the elders believe in something, the rest will just follow. Uh, which begs the question, was it mass hypnotism or was it ego of the people? Was it just a few people who were against him? Or was it the whole town? Or was it evil? No, as we said, there were some people among the, mustak- among the mala who believed in him. And some people among the general public who believed in him, in, in him, but these were in minorities on, on both sides, on the side of Mala and on the thank you, and on the side of the general public, they were in minority. The majority did not believe in him. And uh, well, uh, we cannot say general hypnotism, but we can say that this was the culture which everyone accepted and loved. They were quite happy with their culture. Both the Mala and the people who followed the Mala were quite happy with their culture. And that's why they did not want to accept the, uh, the Tawheed in Ibadah, worshipping but Allah. They wanted to worship the idols as well. Uh, thank you very much for a wonderful talk. <clears throat> I just have a, a quick observation regarding uh, the uh, ma'ajids and the miracles. It seems to me, as you were talking, the um, uh, it's mentioned a lot in the Quran, as, as in Bani Israel and here, Qawm Thamud, um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did send them miracles for what they understand. So in this this particular example, they had um, the, the camel that came from the stone, etc. And it makes me think that um, a lot of people say that why did miracles stop um, after the prophethood? Uh, Why don't we have such miracles now as we're living? And uh, do you agree that perhaps if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to um, um, have us um, see a miracle of some kind, then uh, there will be a majority of us who still won't believe. There will be a majority of us who will still think that as how Qawm uh, Thamud did. Uh, they think that, you know, this is this is perhaps a, a magic of some kind and things like that. And uh, Because there, there are a lot of people who do always question why we need to show, uh, we want Allah to show us a, a magic, a sort of a, a, a mu'jizah sign. Allah has showed us a, a lot of signs, but, mm-hmm. but more like that. Well, miracles are usually uh, requested by disbelievers. Not by the believers. I mean, none of the followers of the Prophet ever asked for him. Salman or Miqdad or Abu Dhar. They never asked for a miracle. It is only the disbelievers who ask for miracles. The Quraysh asked a miracle from the Prophet. And after he showed the miracle, they did not believe. 
And all these people, the same thing. The miracles are actually to somehow silence those who want to make pretexts. That, okay, if they showed, me a, showed us a miracle, we would have believed. How should he, we know that he is from God? So this is just to silence them. Otherwise, those who really want to believe, they don't need miracles. And they don't ask, they never ask for miracles. And in our time as well, of course, certainly, there are people who say, if we see a miracle, we would believe. But believe, they, they never believe. Even if they see a miracle, they would not believe. Because this is not the way the, the process of faith works. Some who have doubts or are hesitant, may believe by a miracle, but their faith wouldn't be as strong as those who really believe in the message. That is the most important thing. Now, why they don't, they don't happen at our time? First of all, the miracles need a medium, and that medium are prophets. It cannot happen without that medium. It needs a Musa, alayhi salam, to split the sea. It needs uh, uh, Jesus to give life to, to, to that people. So not everyone can do this. So after the prophethood is ended, all those miracles are ended as well. And secondly, it is not an ad advantage to see these miracles. There's no advantage in that because if these miracles are shown and people do not believe, then it leads to destruction, either in this world or in the next world. Those who do not see miracles, they always can say that, okay, we have a pretext, we have a, an excuse. And therefore, I don't think we, whether we are at the advantage by not having seen miracles or the people of the past who saw the miracles, because the majority denied the miracles. Uh, regarding miracles of Jesus, peace be on him, of course we have that he really convinced many, many people by showing the miracles which are mentioned in the Quran. But those people were already inclined towards accepting him. They just needed something, some sort of encouragement, and the miracles gave them the encouragement. But the Jews who wanted to, to, to belie him, they never accepted anything like that from him. And they said he's a magician or he's doing sorcery or something like that. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Sheikh, you said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished Qawm Salih by Sa'iqa or Rajfa, earthquake? Sa'iqa, Sa'iqa, Rajfa. These are the three things which are mentioned. Okay. What about uh, uh, Nabi Saleh and his followers? How he saved them? Is it by miracle, or they were living somewhere else? Or? No, as I said, this was this was a miracle, of course. And uh, both the the destruction, the destruction is one thing. Saving those who should be saved from that destruction is in itself another miracle. And how Allah saved them, we don't know. With regards to the people of Lot, we know how he saved them. He told them that go out of the city and do not look back. And again, uh, some people say that the very fact, of course we will discuss about Lut next week, inshallah, that the very fact that they were told not to look back because anyone putting an eye on what was happening would have died. 
And that's why he said, Wala yaltafit minkum ahadun. Do not look back when we are leaving the, the city. About Lut, we are told how he was saved. But about others, we are not told how they were saved. Uh, little footnote to the destruction when it was mentioned is, um, of course, we all think of Halabja when we look at a building which was not touched. Mm. So it's the gassing of the people, which is an yeah. obvious, obvious, easily explained thing. But that leads me to something else. Is there mention in the Quran that we have softened their hearts? I know we've been through this, why they didn't believe, but wouldn't it be easier for God to literally hypnotize a people and think their skin is burning or something like that? So obviously it wouldn't be as dramatic, but you know, it's not beyond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be able to do it in a flash and they disappear. So is there references to such azab that have happened in the past? Because I remember it does say that uh, travel the world and you will see the ruins of people in the past. Mm -hmm. But has there been reference to something we just obliterated them? Doesn't actually specify how you did it. They just disappeared. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The people disappeared, but the buildings are still there. There must be reference to that, Quran, yes? But why should something like that happen? I mean, because why the bodies should be somehow uh, destroyed in the sense that they disappear completely? The whole idea is to tell mankind to go back and see these people. So we learn from it. So if we see massive big palaces, then yes, we learn, yes, there must have been somebody in there. So it became... It, it, well, it happened with Samud, actually. Everything was... The city was left intact. The people were dead. And actually seeing the bodies is more effective or more in, influential than not seeing the bodies, to just seeing that no one is there. People may think they have all migrated overnight for some reason, isn't it? If, if you don't see the bodies. <laughs> Did somebody think of this gassing as in, is there mention of it in anything recent? So you want to take God to court for using chemicals, huh? Uh, well, yes, in, in simple <laughs> words, yes. So I mean, that's what I mean to say, it's so easy to do this. But uh, I would have thought there were, of course, different examples to... Yeah, it's possible, but what is mentioned here is more dramatic than that, than gas or something like that. I mean, the the thunder or the the cry which just made them just like statues in in their places, like dry sticks. This is more dramatic than. But Haqaf interesting. فأصبحوا لا يرى إلا مساكنهم. Where they have gone? Yeah, this is after, of course, they were buried or they were completely decomposed. After that, there were only the buildings. Yeah. Any more questions? But this verse, which was mentioned by Doctor, is actually something which may refer to what you have asked for: the people disappearing completely. Sayha um, uh, is also mentioned, but where in the in these ayat does the Sayha mention? Uh, uh, in uh, 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 I had the verse, فَأَخَذَتْهُمُ السَّيْحَةِ فَأَصْبَحُوا 
One of the reasons why people asked for the shikimal and not because for the shikimal? Actually, she could produce milk. They wanted to see all these things so that they really believed. They wanted to drink from the milk. They wanted to see that she would get, give birth. And actually, they see all these. On the day when the shikimal was drinking, they all came and actually took milk from her and drank it. And still they did not believe that this was, they, they thought that something probably would have been done to them to, to think that way. Or, I mean, I mean, those who wanted to deny. Yeah, thanks, because I, I thought it was from the story side and not from the Quran itself, but mm -hmm. it's from the Quran things. Any more questions? I think we'll end there. Thank you very much. Salawat. Thank you.